All right, you guys can take a seat. Uh, thanks, band. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> here we go. Um, so good to have a crowd today. Thank you for coming out. Uh, I always take it as a huge honour to share the word. And uh, I have a word on my heart today that it's very simple, it's very easy, it's very practical. And I know that people are going to be able to take something home today and be different. Our theme this, this year is uh, a king and a cause. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. I want to talk today about walking with the king. You know, I want to be someone that would walk with the king reigning over my life. That I would allow him to speak to me. Change my life. I want him to bring things up that aren't right. I want him to, to show me how to change him, how to make him different. I want that because he reigns over my life and he's the king. And I want to talk about that today. You know, I've, I've walked with the Lord a long time. I was privileged enough to uh, grow up in a home that I went to church when I was a week old. So for 50 years, almost, I've gone to church. Wow. That doesn't mean I've walked with the Lord for 50 years. But for 50 years, I've gone to church. But somewhere along the way, I needed to decide for myself that he was going to be the king of my life. That I was going to walk with him myself and I was going to hand over my life to him. I had to do that. Someone can't do that for me. And for me, that happened when I was 15. So for 35 years, I've walked with the Lord. And I wish I could tell you, standing here today, I wish I could say that I was perfect. That God had done everything he needed to do. You could talk to Veronica for a minute and she could tell you that's not true. Or my kids. Or just spend some time with me, you'll realise that I'm not perfect. And we can think of in some way that's sad. That you would think after that long, God would be able to do everything he needed to do. But I actually take it as a bit of, not excitement, it's not the right word, but comfort in some way, knowing that he's still working on me. And that gives me a little bit of grace for other people, <laughs> knowing that he's still working on them too. Philippians 1.6, it says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Wow. So I can be okay that there are still things that come up in my life or there are things that get revealed to me that aren't right. I can be okay with that, knowing that God is working on me. But I need to be someone that will let him work on me. I need to be open for that. You know, we... Um, we have um, friends that have a, a sheep farm uh, in a place called Henty, and it's down near Albury. And uh, we, we go there a fair bit. And I remember one day I was walking, oh, sorry, I was driving in a ute uh, with the farmer, Graham, and uh, we're driving through this paddock, and we see this, uh, this tree on the ground, uh, which is not uncommon in a farm. And uh, it was nothing particular about it. It's Murray River pine. It's a nothing tree. It's not very pretty doesn't have nice flowers, but it's on the ground. And uh, it all dried up, and uh, there it is, that tree. And, uh, but I saw something in it, and I said, can I have some of that tree? And he said, absolutely, it's just rubbish. Uh, I tried to burn it, and, but it got hit by lightning, uh, and it's been on the ground because it got hit by lightning. And some trees and some wood doesn't burn properly when it's been hit by lightning. And he said, so it just smouldered away for days and days, just there, and there it is. So he goes, you can take as much of it as you want. So I went and got the chainsaw, 
cut some of it off, and I, I mean, I'm putting it in the car, and, uh, and Veronica says, why are you bringing this home for? Because um, it's just rubbish, we can't even use it for firewood. Yeah, and I said, oh, I think I'm going to make it into something. And, uh, and so that's what I brought home. Uh, and there's another photo of it too. That, I took that home. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to make something. You know, and if you've ever been into my office here at church, um, you would see that I have a coffee table in their open area there. And Matt's going to bring it out now. Thank you, Matthew. And this is the coffee table that's been in my office for quite a few years. And uh, yes, it is beautiful. Thank you, Sonia. I think it's beautiful. But I want to tell you that when it was on the tree, not even cut, I saw that. Okay? I saw that. I want to tell you, it's not finished. I could tell you about five or six things on it that still need to be done. But most people wouldn't even know. I can know because I spent time with it. It's mine. I, I know it. But... Other people will come and go, oh, where did you get this table from? Can you make me one? No, um, probably no, probably no. Um, I could, but probably no, I probably won't. Um, if you do have one that I made for you, you know how special you are for me. Um, but to me, there's so many facets of this. You can, everyone's got different angles, but if I spin it around, there's different parts to look at. There's all different parts of it, okay? It's amazing to me. I see that every day I walk into my office, I see it, and it reminds me of me, okay? It reminds me of the things that God's doing in me. But spin it around. Beautiful where the branches used to be. You can't even see the top, but the top's really cool, right? And all that stuff that was burnt, it's different, yeah? It still has the colour of burnt, but it's not charcoal. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about this today. You know, maybe some of you have felt like you're that tree in the paddock. It's just been left. Got hit by lightning. I don't know what happened to your life, but maybe you've had an experience like that that knocked you out, took you down. So now you're not even a good tree. Maybe you weren't pretty to start with. Who knows? But you're now down in a paddock. Or maybe you're on the journey where God's come and he's cut you off the tree and he's taking you somewhere else. Maybe someone's tried to, to burn you up and, and, and uh, this fire has consumed part of you. I don't know. Or maybe you're at this point in your life. I don't know. But I'm going to talk about the different stages of me making from that to this today. You know, it's funny, but the very fire that happened on this is the very thing that I saw and it helped me see what this was going to be like. Isn't that funny? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. I love it. I had plans for this to be a table. I don't know what God's planned for you to be. But he has plans for you long ago. And you are going to be his masterpiece. Whether you're finished or not, you're going to be his masterpiece. The very fire that happened is the very thing that shaped, uh, very, sorry, the very fire that happened to the tree shaped it to be the table that you see today. God will use what happened to you so you can be used for what he needs you to be. Beautiful. Sometimes we, 
we, we want to forget the fire. We want to forget what happens and whatever. But it's the very thing that makes you a table. If this hadn't been burnt by fire, it'd be way too heavy to pick up and it'd be no good as a table. But how it is, it's perfect weight. It's strong, doesn't knock over, but it's light enough that you can pick it up. What, the fire was the thing that caused that. So let's not forget about the fires that we've had. Just know that God's using them to make us into what he needs us to be. The first point I want to say is, it all started when I cut this off the tree. Because it wasn't mine before that. I can't do a whole lot when it's still attached to the tree. So the first thing I want to say is, it starts when we belong to Jesus. Unless you allow Jesus to cut you off the tree that you're in, and allow him to own you, he can't make you into a table. That's where it all starts, when we belong to Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it's the verse that I say all the time, so I'm surprised no one laughed. <coughs> this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. Beautiful. I don't know if it's you, but I find that a beautiful statement. That the old life is gone, doesn't mean we don't remember it, but a new life begins. And uh, when, when I took this home, the first thing I did, oh, see what I will say is, I used a whole pile of tools to make this. I just didn't rub it, even though my hands are like sandpaper. Uh, I didn't just do this, okay? I couldn't bring, I was going to bring the chainsaw, but I thought that might be a bit horrific for people. I'm not going to use them, I just wanted to show you. But yeah. I had to use a chainsaw to cut it. When I got it home, this is a multi-tool. It's pretty cool. If it, most tradesmen would have one of them because it does little things. All right, I used the multi-tool. I used my orbital sander. I used my belt sander. I used a vacuum. I used lots of tools, yeah, to start working on this. But the first thing I did is I turned it upside down into its nether parts, the parts that no one sees. Because if, if you didn't know there was a fire there, you wouldn't know that it was there. But I showed you, yeah? Okay. But that's where it starts, being intimate with God, allowing him to be, you know, if, um, you think if you're going to be submissive, I don't want people to come and lie on their back and have their legs in the air. But <laughs> that's a submissive state, yeah? Open to God. And when we come to God, if we're in that state of saying, you know what, you can work on the bits that no one sees. That's where it starts. Work on the stuff that's deep inside. And that's the first thing I did with this. Number one, I wanted to see how deep the burn was, which you know, God wants to see those things. He wants, to, he wants to help them. And I got in there with the multi-tool and I actually dug it all out. And then I'd vacuum it out and then I'd dig it more and it took ages. That's the, the longest part of the, making this a table because I could have made it a table quite quickly, but that took hours and hours of digging out all the burnt stuff. Wow, and I think that's how it is with God as well. It takes a long time. It takes many encounter weekends. It takes many prayer meetings. It takes many coming along to Connect Group and being committed <clears throat> and allowing God to use the tools. Right. And some of those tools are, is the Connect Leader. Some of those tools is the person up here preaching. Yeah, he uses tools to dig those things out and that comes in a state of being open and honest with God. Um, yeah, so the second point is God goes to work on the inside of us, gets the burnt stuff out. 
Hebrews 4, 12 and 13, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between spirit and soul, soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Wow. What does that, the words of God, do? And we hear the words of God, hopefully, at Connect Group. You hear the words of God when you come to church here, when your Connect leaders catching up and having a coffee with you. Hopefully, they're speaking the words of God over you. But that's how it cuts between spirit and soul. This really speaks to me, personally. As I read the Word of God, his sword is like a two-edged sword, showing two different parts here. When I became a Christian, when I decided I was going to belong to Christ, then my spirit came alive to him. It was, a, um, it was an experience for me, okay, which is similar to a, um, a coarse uh, chainsaw cutting you off, off the tree, off the life you have, right? It's not a nice, smooth cut. It's a, quite a coarse cut, right? And so it should be an experience. Well, my spirit came alive to God, and that's what goes to heaven. But I, I didn't get a memory wipe when I became a Christian. I didn't forget about all the bad things that happened to me. I didn't forget about the people that had done stuff to me. That didn't happen. My spirit came alive. Yeah? That's what changed. And so all this junk that's coming out is the soul stuff. Yeah? It's my memories. It's my thought. It's who I was and who I am in some ways while he's changing me. Spirit and soul. Spirit's good. Yeah? Soul is this working through with Christ. Um, And so I, I love that. Spirit and soul. Well, God's still working on me. He's still doing stuff on me, and I hope he's doing stuff on you. I don't know what stage you're at, but I hope it's speaking to you today. I would hope that everyone would go home today with the thought of when you see a tree in the paddock, you could remember, that's what I was like. Well, that's what happened to me. Or if you go home and you see some wood, furniture, whatever, then you would say, ah, that's right. God is still working on me. I'm his masterpiece. Or when you pick up some tools, you'll be thinking, that's right. God uses tools in my life to shape me and change me, to do things for me. Well, you know, maybe you're the tool that God wants to use in your workplace. Maybe you're the tool that's in your family that he's going to use. Are you willing to let him use you? I know. I know that he wants to. He needs you. He needs, he needs, you to, he needs to use you guys as tools to do this. The next thing that I did, I started working on the outside. So inside stuff got done. And you can see it still has evidence of the inside stuff being done, yeah? It's still got a bit of darkness there. I think that makes it look cool. Um, But I started pulling off the bark on the outside. It didn't look that pretty with bark on there. But the thing is, the bark's there to protect it in the environment that it was in. It's not in that environment anymore. It doesn't even go outside. The worst it gets is it, it, it uh, stretches because uh, of the aircon in the office, actually. <laughs> it moves a little bit, like the wood moves a little bit. But, you know, it's not going to be exposed to the weather. So it doesn't need the bark on there. So I started pulling it off. And that didn't, it took bits and pieces of it were quite stuck there. But with us... If we're really going to allow God to work on us, then we need to pull the walls down. We just prayed it. Pull the walls down that I put in my life to protect myself because I've been hurt by others. I've been hurt by people. So you've got to allow God to take your bark off. Drop the walls down. So here I am. It's this self-protection stuff. 
How many Christians do we have and they don't really want to, oh, I want to go to the encounter. I know I need it. Oh, but God's going to start working on stuff and I'm not sure I'm ready. I didn't give him this verse out the back, so it's Proverbs 29, 25. I'm just going to say it. It says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. We have these protection things because of what's happened. And where we were in before, but it's not there anymore. And so I started to take it off, but you would notice there's a little tiny bit just here. I'm trying to get everyone to see, but there's a little tiny bit. You can come and have a look later on. But to get that out, I'd have to really hurt the, the tree. I'd have to hurt the thing. And something oh, that's come to my mind. You know, like, this is, so the tree's wood, and this table's wood. But the tree's not a table, and this table's not a tree. You know, and so there are similarities to me before. I'm still a human being. I'm just different. God's just changed me a little bit, yeah? And so for me to try and dig this bit of bark out, I'd probably hurt it and damage it, and I don't want to do that. And so sometimes God's going, oh, it's okay that you don't want me to touch that little area of your life. We'll work on it someday. That's one of the things that I could work on if I wanted to. And I think God's gracious to us in that way. He said, that's okay. We won't touch that one this time. We'll touch it another time. It's all good. The next bit, when I pulled all the bark off, I noticed that these branches were actually sticking out quite a long way. I don't want them to be a hazard that someone hits, but it kind of made it look funny. And so I cut them off, but I didn't use the chainsaw because it's quite difficult because it would have moved. But I used the handsaw. It's a little bit of a finer cut, you know, and just to make it really nice because I didn't want to hurt it either. But I cut them off. Well, I don't need this table thinking about the things in the way that life could have gone. So that's what other branches are. Life could have gone this way. Life could have gone that way. But it hasn't, because life's gone this way. And so, uh, you know, and I'm trying to use us as that. Sometimes we can be thinking, oh, if I'd only made that other decision, if I'd only done this other thing, life might have been different. But just, you know, it doesn't matter, because God's changing all that. The way that he's got you is the way that he needs you to be. I don't know. I take comfort in that. Another thing I did on the outside is there's a huge split here that I didn't notice until I pulled the bark off. Sometimes when the bark gets taken off or God starts doing stuff, he starts realising there's a split there and you know, that could get worse. And they could actually crack right across the top. So I've got a nail gun and I hit it with a couple of nails. Three, right there. They hold it together. And I kind of think, for me, if all that holds you together is the fact that you're saved, that Christ nailed himself to the cross and he took three nails on that... I promise you, if that's all that holds you together, then that's okay. Yeah, that's right. Because if that splits and it pulls apart, then it's no good as a table. So that holds it together a little bit. I said, you can come and have a look later on. The nails are in there. One of you can't see very well. But I thought, I want this to stay like this. But I didn't know until I pulled things off. And sometimes that happens. As God starts to pull things off, other things get exposed. Huge cracks in our life. Maybe that's a crack in your character. Maybe that's a, you know, maybe some things that have happened. I don't know. So I started. So I did the outside next. Yeah, and then I started working on the top, which is actually the table bit. It's not flat. If you put a level on, it's not quite flat, but it's flat enough. But I used my belt sander first to get it as close as I could, 
I did that on purpose because I honestly have this as something to remind me personally about my walk with God. Right? So, and I'm sanding it back and then I use the orbital sander just to finish it off and make it smooth. But it didn't quite look like that. It didn't quite look like that because I'm sanding it or you can see that it's not smooth. But it didn't look like this until I put the oil on it. And I put grapeseed oil on it. Um, just because I like using grapes at all. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a woodworker, okay? But I do lots of stuff with wood because it helps my mind. I'm an electrician, right? But I know how to use tools. And so, but the oil that I put in was grapeseed oil. And as soon as I started putting the oil on, all the lines of life came out. All the lines that it had and the different things and the different patterns of it, you can actually see that obviously something happened along the way here. There's good years and there's bad years. There's, there's tough years and there's years that it hardly even grew and there's other years that it grew quite big. But I couldn't see that until I put the oil on. I don't know, when you, when you allow the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit in, in the Bible is representative of oil. When we put oil on people, it's anointing of the Holy Spirit, yeah? We've got to allow ourselves to be oiled, otherwise it doesn't look pretty. Now, I know I did it last, but the Holy Spirit will come and do that whatever. I, I, but I know people that didn't find the Holy Spirit till they'd been a Christian a long, long time. So it is at the end. Thank goodness I found him at the same time that I started walking with him. But I only already oiled this the other day because I hadn't done it for ages and I thought, if I'm going to show it to people, I better make it look nice. <laughs> so I, I took it out there on Wednesday and just sanded it and then put some more Holy Spirit on it. <laughs> I hope you can visualise that, that. We need to regularly re-oil ourselves otherwise it doesn't look quite right or it doesn't look as good as it could be and I know it's not about looks but if this is the table I want it to look good (laughs) yeah and so that's part of the process yeah I could talk about this for a lot longer I realised that I was constrained with time and so as I finish I want to read a book I've read it before and if you've come on Encounter you've heard me read it too it's a kids book right it's a three-year-old's book. But allow me to read it as I finish to tie this up because my time's almost up. The Wormicks were small wooden people carved by a woodworker named Eli. Each Wormick was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes. Some were tall and others were short. Each Wormick had a box of golden star stickers and grey dot stickers. The wooden people went around the village sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones got stars. Wormicks with rough wood or chipped paint got dots. The talented ones got stars too. Some could jump over tall boxes or sing pretty songs. Others, though, could do little, so they got dots. Punchinello was one of these. He tried to jump high like others, but he fell. So the Wormicks would give him dots because of he fell. When he tried to explain why he fell over, he would say something silly. So the Wormix would give him some more dots. <clears throat> he deserves lots of dots, they would say. After a little while, Punchinello believed them. I guess I'm no good as a Wormick, he decided. So he tried, so he stayed inside most of the time. And when he did go outside, he hung around other Wormix who had lots of dots as well. He felt better around them. One day, he met a different kind of Wormick named Lucia. She had no dots or stars, and the Wormicks admired Lucia for having no dots. 
So they would give her a star, but the stars would fall off. Others gave her a dot for having no stars, but it wouldn't stay on her either. That's the way that I want to be, thought Punchinello. So he asked Lucia how she did it. It's easy, she replied. Every day I go visit Eli, the woodcarver. Why? He said, you'll find out if you go and see him. Then Lucia turned and skipped away. But still, um, but will he want to see me, Punchinello wondered, later on when he was at home? He sat and he watched the wooden people giving each other stars and dots. It's just not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided that he was going to go and see Eli. Punchinello walked up this narrow path and he stepped into Eli's shop. His eyes grew big. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on tippy toes to see the top of the workbench. Punchinello swallowed hard and then he said, I'm not staying here. Then he heard a voice say his name. Punchinello, the voice said, it kind of sounds like Reg Matthews. I can't do that. Punchinello. The voice was deep and strong. How good to see you. Come, let me have a look at you. Punchinello looked up. You know my name? Of course, I made you. Eli picked him up and he sat him on the bench. Looks like you've been given some bad marks, said the maker. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Punchinella, I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No. And you shouldn't either. What they think doesn't matter. All that matters is what I think. And I think you're pretty special. Punchinella laughed. Me? Special? Why? I'm not very talented and my pain is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli spoke very slowly because you're mine, that's why. That's why you matter to me. Punchinella didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met Lucia, said Punchinello. Why don't the stickers stick on her? The maker spoke softly because she has decided that what I think is more important than others think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if you it, the stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled, you will, but it will take some time. For now, come to see me every day. And let me remind you how much I care for you. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and he sat him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as Punchinello was leaving, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And as he thought that, a dot fell to the ground. Beautiful. I'm not sure where you're at, but I want to pray that over you today. I would hope that you would allow the maker to come and do things that he needs to do in you, to change you from the inside out so you can be different. I hope you take that home today. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, King Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you know every one of us better than we know ourselves. We thank you, Lord God, that you've touched us today. I just ask that you would stir things in us like never before, 
that you would reveal things and change things, Lord God, like never before. Help us, Lord God, to know you closer and walk with you, Lord God. We want to love you today, Jesus, in your name. Amen.